Hey everybody, Coach here. Hey, you know out in the, in the world that we live in, only about 50% of the homes actually have a dedicated and installed irrigation system. Many do not need one, thanks to old mother nature and some consistent rains. But for those, I would be one of them, but for those who need to install one, that is what this episode is all about. The basics of irrigation assembly and nothing but. Let's get started, shall we? Hey, I'm Matt, you can call me coach. Every Friday I bring with me landscape DIY education, concepts and theories, ideas and solutions, so you guys can go out and tackle a landscape project yourself, get professional results, save a whole lot of money in the process, and in this day and age, be a lot more self-reliant. Man, after a 20 plus year career in the green industry, I'm bringing with me a lot of knowledge and experience that I wanna share with you guys, the new, modern, educated, self-reliant homeowner of today. First of all, let's define an irrigation system. Now, the definition is mine and mine alone, but it, it kinda throws a, a definition around it. It's, I call it a, an outdoor plumbing system, usually, assembled for the main purpose of providing supplemental irrigation to a landscape or other plant growing environment. You know, about 80 years ago, maybe even longer, irrigation systems started going the ground for the hoity-toity crowd, mostly. Some of the big estates and stuff. And most of them were all made out of galvanized pipe and pipe fittings. And most of the time, plumbers and pipe fitters were the one who actually installed these things. They, they were basically uh, lent to the privileged few, but as time marched on and we got into the post-WW2 era, a lot of the, the DIY crowd started to get on board. Uh, they learned how to fit pipe and how to seal it and everything else. There was a lot of drawbacks to the old pipe systems, you know, mainly because of rusting and also uh, clogging. You know, you, you got a lot of deterioration inside the pipes. Then along came PVC pipe, polyvinyl chloride, and polyethylene pipe. And the irrigation world took a dramatic DIY shift, along with new devices like anti-siphon valves to protect potable water systems in homes, electric timers, and the easy to assemble parts and pieces. Simple solvents and clamps were used to glue together or clamp together pieces, depending on what type of pipe you were using. And with a modicum of attained skill, the homeowner could do it themselves very easily. Or could they? Despite the materials available on the retail market, many DIY wannabes still struggled mightily with a few irrigation system basics. And that's what I wanna help with you guys here today. And in order not to get bitched at by the trolls out there, I'm gonna to try to keep this as short as possible. But remember, being, being uh, brief oftentimes goes with incompleteness, which I strive very hard not to go down that road. You know, for in-depth lessons and something that can thoroughly explain it to you, I really encourage you to check out my website, youryardcoach.com, and check out the ebook and course, which compiles boatloads of information just for irrigation, but also all the other facets of landscaping as well. You know, the main areas of proper irrigation systems are these. And if you wanna write them down, fine. If you wanna re-listen to it, 
or if you want to go over to the, the YouTube channel and check it out visually. But the main areas of proper irrigation systems are planning, planning, people, please plan your systems out. Don't just go ad hoc and think you know what you're doing. Plan them out on a piece of paper. A couple other things are PSI or pressure that you have within the pipes, the size of the pipe itself, distance and spacing, gallons per minute, and how many zones you're going to need to do the job correctly. Irrigation systems can be relatively simple to extremely complex depending on the application you're going to use. But here today, for the sake of learning and not overloading anybody, let's examine a simple backyard system that will be responsible for irrigating, uh, let's say, 700 square feet. 700 square feet of lawn and some perimeter planting beds along the fence and the foundation of the house. Really super simple Simon stuff, okay? First, let's start with the planning part. This helps in a multitude of ways and anybody who has listened to me over the months and years, you know darn well that planning anything in the landscape genre is going to help you immensely, not only mentally and not only physically, but just getting your head around the task that's before you. If you take it out the mystery of just thinking about it and you get it down on a piece of paper, it is amazing how much more understanding and comprehension you have of what you're going to put together. It's right smack dab in front of you and you have used multiple, multiple ways of teaching yourself. Visual, actual writing, taking it from the field or the project site and placing it on paper in some form of a scale drawing, then you can go down to the store and you can have other professionals help you fill the materials list super, super easy. And I strongly urge you to not start anything, including trenching or anything else, until you have your plan done and you understand it. You know, we start with the the connection point, or the POC as we call it in the business, the point of connection, where you are taking your new irrigation system from your water source, whether that be a backyard hose bib faucet that you're gonna turn off your water and unscrew that faucet, put on a T of some sort or another, and then put your faucet back on. Now you have your point of connection. Other points of connection might be a, a, a predetermined backyard stub that was put in by the builder and run over there uh, inside your fence area and stubbed up and you'll see it. Again, you're gonna have to turn off your water, probably put a shutoff valve on this stub area, then you can run your new pipes back to the backyard or wherever you're gonna create this project in. The other thing is, is maybe you're on a well and you have to put something on or near your bladder tank or your pressure tank, and then tee off of that to create your new system. So always in your planning phase, locate your valves near or where it's convenient for you. You don't wanna put them out in Timbuktu. Say for instance, your pressure tank is 100 feet away from your house and you wanna put all your valves out there. No, why don't we tee into the pressure tank, run a main line towards your house and then have the valves near the back patio or a back door or a garage door, somewhere that's convenient that you can run timer wire and other things really conveniently later on. 
So we have located where our valves are going to be right before the valve assembly. We want to put a shutoff valve of one kind or another. It can be of metal, it could be a, a simple PVC ball valve, and you're going to want to protect that by putting it in some kind of a box, you know, that you can just pull the lid off the box, see the shutoff valve, turn it on, turn it off, but it's protected and it's visual and you know exactly where it's at. From the valves, valve assembly, that's going to require a lot more time than we have here. But valve assembly is really, really easy. And if you check out the ebook or the course, I'll show you exactly how to put it together. You're going to need a series of T's and some L's and a couple of what they call male adapters that you screw into your, your valves and then connect up to your pipe. All of these are pretty easy. It's just a little tedious putting it together. And your biggest thing is you need to be accurate with your cutting. Cutting of either PVC pipe or poly pipe, whatever you're planning on using. So downstream from the valves, we have the field layout. Field layout is the, the routes that the pipe are going to take underground in trenches to go to the areas that are going to serve your landscape, whether it be lawn area or planting beds or vegetable garden or whatever. There's a couple of things that I want to make clear that planning is not only the project you have right then, but making sure that you're planning for anything potential down the road. Many people, many people get locked into a fixed system when they first put in an irrigation system, but then they have to go in and destroy half of it to tap back into it because they want to run water out to a new vegetable garden or out to the shop or out to a, a second home or something like that. So make sure that you offer yourself an additional uh, stub, if you would, that you can tap into later really easy without having to go into your new irrigation system and determine where you want to tee off again. So think about things down the road. So on your plan, we've sketched out the yard. Be fairly accurate. Use a scale of drawing that makes sense for the amount of paper that you have there. In the YouTube channel, I'm going to have an actual drawing of it so you get a, a visual cue of how to exactly do it. So you might want to check that out. But sketch and space your lawn area accurately, your planting beds, where the house is, do you have a patio, whatever it's going to be. You put them in accurately. You've located where your valve assembly is going to be. Now you're going to start placing where your lawn heads and maybe your drip, your drip locations are going to be in the, in the planting beds later on. Now each valve, depending on the size of the valve and the size of the pipe, will deliver a finite amount of water to these heads that you're going to lay out. This amount will be determined by a few things. Number one, the size of the pipe. Usually, usually, three quarter, one inch, inch and a quarter, inch and a half, two inch size pipe. Depending on the amount of area that you're going to address with each valve. Determining these values is easy with a couple of tools. Now, PVC pipe, when you buy it, right on the pipe itself, it'll tell you the size of the pipe, and it'll also tell you where it was made, and it'll also tell you what the bursting strength is, so we don't want to exceed that kind of pressure on the pipe itself. For instance, you have a class 200 PVC pipe. That means that its bursting strength is exactly 200 pounds per square inch. Then there's Schedule 40. Schedule 40 goes up to 400. Now remember, this is the pipe itself, 
not necessarily the connection points and the glue joints that you're doing. I would never ever suggest that someone try to put an irrigation system together with 200 PSI going through those pipes and hitting those L's and those turns. You're just asking for problems. And 99.9% .9 of all residential pressures range from about 40 up to about 80, give or take. The highest I ever saw was 90 PSI in a residential application, and I actually had to put a pressure reducer on it because it was just too dang much. It was just too much pressure, and it didn't serve the system very well. It, just because you have more pressure doesn't mean you're gonna have more heads on each valve, and I'll explain that in a few minutes. So, let's use an example. For example, you're gonna have a one-inch main pipe that you're tapping into and through the valves and out into the lawn area will deliver eh, roughly about 13 gallons per minute in a one inch pipe at roughly 50 pounds per square inch of pressure for the first 50 feet of pipe length. After that 50 feet, you start to drop off as far as the amount of actual pressure that's available. It may be 50 PSI at your valves, but the last spray head out in the yard out there is probably receiving eh, 35 PSI, which will be enough to operate it without any problem. But still, you've dropped that. And you get that from a thing called friction loss due to the actual weight of the water that the system is pushing down the pipe, and then also the distance, the actual friction of the water going through the pipe. Even if it's poly and PVC, there's a certain amount of friction of that water rubbing against the walls of those pipes that is gonna lose a little bit of pressure, just a little bit. So back to your plan. If your valves are going to serve that lawn area, let's say you're gonna use two valves to do a lawn area and your lawn area is 700 square feet, then spacing your heads out correctly, you know that each head, since you're gonna hypothetically do, let's say you're gonna do a variable angle Rainbird pop-up nozzle that is suited for 15 foot radius throw. And I know I'm getting a little ahead, but you know that that particular head is gonna deliver about 1.8 gallons per minute out of each head at 50 PSI. Are you with me still? So with a little simple math, we know that 13 gallons per minute divided by 1.8 gallons per minute is gonna give you roughly about six, six heads per valve. No more. If you do less than six heads, then you have that much more pressure coming out of each one. But roughly you've maxed it out and it will still operate properly with six heads. Can you go seven? Yes, but you've lost a little bit of pressure and a little bit of throw coverage off of each head then. So stay within the parameters and things work better. If you find that two valves for your 700 square foot lawn just ain't gonna get it, then add another valve and then reduce the number of heads per valve. Maybe you only do five, but you'll have five heads per valve and you'll have 15 covering this whole area very, very well. By doing this plan, guys, your plan is already shopping your materials for you. And as you're doing your plan, you should have a separate piece of paper over here that tells you in pencil to start with how many valves, 
how many heads, what type of head, whether it's going to be a pop-up head or a rotor-driven head or a canister impact head or whatever it is, you are literally making your shopping list. And this also applies to your parts and pieces. You got a, a trench and you're going to be running it down the center of the lawn and then you're teeing off each trench to go to each head. Well, every turn is going to require what? It's going to require a part. You can't bend poly pipe at a 90 degree. It's going to kink. And you can't bend PVC pipe because it's just not that flexible. So you're going to need either an L, you know, a 90 degree elbow, or a T, depending on what the application is. And that's why the plan is so, so important. Because it's going to start your shopping list for you. So now you can estimate you will need about 12 spray heads to irrigate the total lawn area. This may be true if you space the heads correctly and allowed for a certain amount of distance out of each head, each spray, called head-to-head -head coverage. I always strived, and the way I was taught is I always tried to install and space the heads that I put in for folks so that there was a overage, that the actual head-to-head -head coverage, one head sprayed over the next head, about a foot or two because it allows for wind it allows for perfect coverage and you don't have any overwatered spots or underwatered spots it's very very thorough and complete by the time you have sketched out and then used a little quarter inch ruler or whatever that each one of each one of your heads are spaced correctly will your valve do the whole lawn with just two valves or will you have to expand to three? That's what your plan is going to tell you, and it'll tell you right darn quick. This is where a lot of inexperienced DIYers, thinking they can do it, and thinking they can do it without a plan, make a mistake or two. They overload a valve with too many heads, or they improperly space the heads, causing poor spray head-to-head -head coverage and lousy, lousy water delivery. Be precise. And the system will function perfectly for you for years and years and years. Now for your zones that will irrigate your planting bed. In the eyes of water conservation and plant health, we will use a drip system in this case rather than a spray head system. You can do a whole backyard off of one valve using a drip system as opposed to probably another three valves or more if you were gonna do a pop-up spray system for your beds. For a yard the size of which we are using in this example, the planting beds will be, say, near the house, the foundation bed, and then maybe a, a three or four foot bed around the perimeter of the fence. Not the most creative, I know. I know, it's you know pretty rudimentary. But for the ease of understanding and installation practice, this is gonna work. One valve should serve all the beds very easily. But we need to apply a couple of things after the valve to the drip system so it will work long term. First, we need to reduce the pressure, that 50 PSI coming out of there, those valves, a little too much for a drip system. That's where you end up popping emitters off the ends of lines and stuff, and you end up putting a lot of strain on the, the little couplings in the main supply line. Second, we also need a inline filter a filter that will actually take out any sediments 
or anything that's in the water itself so it doesn't clog the smaller pipes and devices and emitters that are downstream serving the plants. They're simply called filter reducers and you can buy them right off the shelf. You can get them from a company called Agrifim, uh, Rainbird, there's a couple other brands off the top of my head but they're easy and if you can't find them just ask somebody say hey I'm looking for a, a filter reducer for my drip system and they'll say oh we don't have those you can get those at or oh yeah they're right over here and they're a simple device that just screws into the field side of your valve and there's a 45 degree canister there that you can unscrew and take and wash out the filter itself and then reapply it keep it nice and clean I always suggest in the course I suggest that you do it probably two to three times a year depending on what kind of water you have to your house you know the drip system in the beds will most certainly be coiled up black poly pipe usually in half or three quarter inch pipe size depending on how much area your planting bed is going to be if you use three quarter inch my god you could do your front yard and your backyard practically if you're using half inch you might want to split it into the fence you know the fence and the foundation bed They'll, they'll work fine but most of the time a half inch half inch size for the example we're using will be more than enough now you're going to uh, probably run a pvc pipe to each one of these beds and bring it up to the surface and then put on a little adapter that's going to convert from a pvc pipe to your poly pipe and from that point on now your perimeter fence bed can be done as well as your foundation bed coming off of the same valve because right after the valve you put in a little T one went to the foundation bed and then one went out to the fence bed and both are daylighted and then you go ahead and attach your your little plug-in glue-in emitter and you're off and running once you have laid out your planting bed with your supply line you're going to leave it open temporarily turn on the valve and flush the pipe out nice and clean then you're going to clamp off the end of that supply line and then stabilize stabilize the pipe itself at ground level or slightly below and then kind of zigzag it through the bed and allow for you know it to get close to each plant or tree or whatever you have there and then that's where you're going to puncture your supply line with a coupling attach a little quarter inch drip tube and then eventually your emitter the parts and pieces needed to assemble such an irrigation system will be either of pvc made and glued together or poly pipe and have inserts and clamps placed especially those more northern climates you're going to probably be using poly pipe these parts will consist of many many things and it's really good to do a recon run grab yourself a Dunkin Donuts or a Starbucks or something and, and go to the box stores or whatever specialty store you have and just walk up and down the plumbing aisles and look look for things like the 90 degree L's the T's the 45 degree couplings adapters uh, slip couplings for joining pipe to pipe things like reducer bushings shut off valves and for you northern climate people drain valves and a place to plug in a place to plug in so that you can blow that system out in the fall and winter so that you don't end up destroying it from freeze and more there's other parts and pieces like timers and irrigation wire and connecting those things up but again this is just the basics for one episode you can see there are just a few more elements that go into a proper functioning system that many people wouldn't consider 
but with a little planning, a little education and reconnaissance, and attaining a little modicum of skills, most anybody can put together their own irrigation system. It just takes time and patience. Simple steps, like when I used to design irrigation systems, I would color code each zone. Each zone, maybe I'd have, you know, zone one was red and the, and the spray heads out in the lawn, I would dab with a little Sharpie red. And then zone two was yellow and then zone three was green. And it was very easily visually for my customer to look at and go, oh, that, okay, why is it, oh, there, it corresponds to the heads out in the lawn. So that zone is doing those heads out there. And okay, I get it, I get it. And it made it very simple when I was presenting a design that people go, dude's got his S together and he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I'm gonna hire this guy. You know, guys, I really hope that this helps a little. Again, this is the rudimentary basics the ebook and my course dives deep into helping. You actually can see me assembling a valve assembly and putting things down and talking about the heads and demonstration and it's much more, much more thorough. Plus showing you all the parts and pieces. Don't know what an L looks like? Here's an L. Don't forget to check out my other episodes. Hey, we've got some reels over there on Instagram and YouTube shorts regarding a various number of things, but for this week, that's going to about do it. As always, to your landscape success, I hope you've enjoyed it. Email me any questions that you might have. Youryardcoach at gmail.com. Be glad to answer them personally. I really will. Until next week, guys, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget the channel later on. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Yard Coach Podcast. Don't forget to head over to the website at youryardcoach.com where you will find more DIY landscape education, including the free 15-step DIY landscape checklist, Coach Matt's ebook called Landscaping Simplified, and the flagship digital course, Homescape 1.0. As always, if you have any questions or comments, you can email Coach Matt directly at youryardcoach at gmail.com. We'll see you right here next week.